New Pathways Malcolm, my husband, has a good sense of direction, and I have reason to be very grateful for that fact, given how much time we've spent on the road in recent years. However, occasionally, he may recognise a junction or turning and head off in a familiar direction, only to realise that the reason it was familiar was because we took that wrong turn on a previous occasion when we had made the same journey. Sometimes our thought life can be a bit like that, especially if we are prone to anxiety and worry. We may regularly find ourselves heading down familiar paths in our mind, not because they will lead us to a desired destination, but just because they're familiar. People sometimes talk about being an anxious person or a born worrier, as if these were fixed personality traits. But anxiety and worry are traits that develop in response to circumstances and through choice. They can take root very early in life, even in the womb, but this does not mean that they are inherent. We are all familiar with techniques for preparing for exams, even if it's been a while since we had that experience. Revision requires repetition. The constant rereading and rehearsing of information causes neural pathways to form in our brain. Imagine each fact has its own access path, the groove of which gets deeper each time we repeat that particular connection. So if we rehearse and repeat particular thought patterns, including anxious ones, they will be more firmly imprinted in our mind and accessed increasingly automatically, even if we neither enjoy nor benefit from the subject matter. A friend of mine once told someone that it was possible to live their life without worrying, and they replied, what will I do all day? It seems some people make a hobby of being anxious. It's definitely a habit worth breaking. There are much more pleasant pastimes to enjoy. And the good news is, that we don't have to remain stuck with these mental meanderings that lead us in directions we don't want to go. We can create new neural pathways in our brain that will take us to more pleasant destinations. If we choose to focus upon, repeat and rehearse new and edifying thoughts, then new neural pathways will be formed and the old ones will recede in time. So here are some suggestions to help you in that process. 1. If you have a particular matter that is causing you to worry, make some time to give it your full attention. Sit down with pen and paper to think it through. Be brave and allow yourself to think about the worst possible outcome and then decide what course of action you would take in that eventuality. This is sometimes referred to as facing your fears. Next time that anxiety appears, you'll be able to think, well, if that happens, I'll do such and such a thing, but it might not happen, and anyway, there's nothing I can do about it for now. You will have taken back an element of control. Secondly, live in the now. For example, look closely at a flower and imagine that you're going to paint it in detail. Or really experience that cup of tea, and think about how you would describe it to someone else. Or perhaps slowly trace the outline of your fingers with the index finger of your other hand, breathing in as you go up each finger, 
and out as you go down. Fully immerse yourself in the present moment regularly. You will find it will soon come much more naturally to you to do so. And thirdly, I'd recommend to you a video produced by our friends Jen and Mark Brickman entitled Staying Emotionally Healthy in a Time of Crisis. You can find it on YouTube and it's well worth a watch. What's God got to do with it? Self-help or how-to books have enjoyed a great deal of popularity in recent years. Many of them are symptomatic of and or contribute towards our highly individualistic culture, but many are also insightful and contain valuable wisdom. The Bible is the foremost practical how-to book, not just focusing on what we can do by ourselves, but what we can do by the grace of God, which is, thankfully, infinitely superior to our own efforts. A scripture that I very regularly bring to people's attention as a biblical how-to with reference to anxieties, worries and fears is Philippians 4 verses 6 to 8. I think the mistake that can be made in applying this scripture to the things that cause us anxiety is to assume that the how-to instruction is complete in verse 6. I'm going to suggest that we need all three verses. Let's break it down. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not. That's a command. I'm afraid there's no two ways about it. Do not means don't do it. And it's here in the Bible relating to anxiety. We know that when we read do not murder, do not commit adultery, that they are commands. But I think there's a tendency to read do not be anxious as though it's a platitude, a nice suggestion. It isn't, it's a command. Do not be anxious about anything is therefore quite a challenging start for many. The last thing you need to be told if you're suffering from anxiety is not to be anxious. Unless, of course, there's a good reason not to be. And there is. So hold on, please, because the how-to follows. Philippians 4, 6 reads, Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. When we pray about the things that are causing us anxiety and willingly hand them over to God, he is then carrying them and we are not. And even better news, God offers us something much better in exchange. Verse 7 tells us just what it is that we need. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is an example of the divine exchange. Just as by and through the death and resurrection of Jesus, God takes our sin and gives us his forgiveness, takes our pain and gives us his healing, so we give God our worries, fears, anxieties, and in exchange he gives us his peace. His promise to us as we relinquish our anxiety is that he will give us his peace. That is a brilliant deal. Not just peace, that would be amazing enough, but peace which is beyond anything we can comprehend. Peace which doesn't make sense in our circumstances. That peace will not only fill us, 
but according to this scripture it will guard us too, thus making us less susceptible to the invasion of worry. Peace is a gift from God. Our job is to receive it. And so whilst we are still in the place of prayer, verse 6, we need to take time to engage in this divine exchange and to receive his peace, verse 7. If we give God our anxiety but do not receive his gift of peace in return, we'll be left with a vacuum and the worries will be quick to rush back in and fill that space. The how-to still isn't finished. We also need to take note of and implement verse 8, which I talked about in the previous podcast entitled What's on Your Mind. We're given sound advice in this verse for how to move forward, how to rewire those neural pathways on a long-term basis. It reads, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about, give your attention to, fill your mind with good things. We have to work at this. And I often say to people that it's worth making a Philippians 4.8 list because in the moment of trying to appropriate this particular how-to, we can sometimes draw a blank as to what any of those things might be. Once you get started on a list, it will soon grow. Here are a few suggestions. Go for a walk in the park. At the moment, that needs to be in your daily exercise slot. Read a psalm or favourite scripture. Watch a good sitcom. Cook a nice meal. Phone a friend, but not to recount your previous worries. Recall a precious memory. Listen to worship or other music that will feed your soul. That's the how-to. Does it work? Yes. Is it an instant fix? Well, when Jesus spoke peace to the storm at sea, the wind and waves will be calmed instantaneously. So let's not rule out the possibility of that type of miracle. But very often the miracle takes time and determination on our part. If you find the worries have crept back, you don't have to start from scratch. Just say sorry to God that you've lost your peace and stop trusting him. Then receive your forgiveness. Ask to be filled with peace again and then return to verse 8. God is now carrying your concerns so that you don't have to. You only have to stay attentive to him for any part he may want you to play. Fill your mind with good things And if the old negativity tries to find its way back, it will discover that the place is unrecognisable. Those wrong turns are no longer possible. The previous routes have been blocked off and peace is on guard. I'm going to read one of my poems to finish, which is called Shalom. Do not fear. Do not worry. Do not be anxious about anything. No mere suggestions carelessly uttered by human lips, but instructions from your Maker, whose guarantee is that he will enable you to step out from under the cloud of your own mindset and to live instead in the thin, bright clearing. 
So incline your ear to the one who will teach you how. Ask, seek, knock, and you will step through to the dare to believe it could be true place. Shalom.